Welcome to Zen One Podcast, a place where we can feel a little bit more connected with one another. Hello, 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 Christian. All right. Um, wait a minute. You're a presenter, so you should be able to just jump in and share screen, do the mic thing, and we should be able to start, right? What is up? Can't hear you yet. Christian, at least I can see you. Okay. Boom. There you go. Sorry about that. <laughs> Let's go. How are you? I'm fantastic. I couldn't oh, wait for this. So so I couldn't good. wait Thank to you. see you. I couldn't wait to see all the beautiful people that are joining us. Yes. So that's so cool. How do you feel? I'm well. I'm so grateful. So filled um we just did a, a an ig live that went two hours instead of one i think you you chimed in right at the end i saw yeah. you go on right at the end and it was it was very fulfilling we spoke to a friend of mine who's an er physician and he just uh, gave us a little insight about what's going on in the hospitals and how we can be a service so we got a lot of uh great things out of that and a lot of nurturing you know from from a physician, which was great. So now I'm so excited and happy to pass that on. Um, just want to share that uh, Danielle is currently, we're, we're dividing and conquering right now. She's uh, finishing up the final touches on our virtual retreat tonight, but she'll be probably chiming in here soon. Awesome. Uh, yep. But That'd be first awesome. and foremost, just want to thank you for having us and always, always love seeing your face, feeling your energy for anyone who's on here. They probably recognize um, how amazing this individual is. He's true to his name, heart of a tiger, of a lion, whatever you will. We should have um, that song play, and like the, <laughs> the heart of a tiger song. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Alyssa would love it, right, Lisa? <laughs> I probably should comment. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. So thank you for having us. Thank you. Um, Thank you for being you and for always being a huge beacon of inspiration and always offering help and service. And I think that is why people like you. That is why you are successful, because you are always thinking of others. And in my experience, nothing is more nurturing to our own needs um, and our own desires and our own benefits than putting ourselves out there for others, showing up for other people. And right here and right now, this is a perfect place to start. Um, I think the source of fear, the source of apprehension, the ultimate, if you really dig down, the source is we are asking questions on the level of ourselves. How can I get through this? How can I survive? How long is this going to affect me? Questions of this nature. and it puts us in a state of despair because there aren't, there's so much uncertainty. We don't have those answers right here in the moment. So what is a better, more empowering question that you can ask right now that you do have, or maybe you do get the chance to find the answer to. And Tiger is the best role model of a better question. And I think oh, the best question we can ask right now, the best question is, how can I help? How can I be exactly. of service to others? 
if we're all in the same place of fear, if we're all worried, <laughs> how can we contribute and give back? And I think once all the dust clears, there's going to be two camps of people. There's going to be people that are going to be stressing and struggling just to get back into their own old ways and old patterns. And then there's going to be people who took advantage of this time, who started to find other ways to be of service to others and then to themselves to find a deeper depth of their truth within, which I'll get into how we can do that. And these people are going to be thriving in new ways, in ways that they've created and adapted. Does that make sense? That's amazing. What an entrance. What a way to start this live event. Oh, wow. So everybody who's jumping in, uh, if you don't know Christian and is on the Instagram. Uh, uh, how do you call it? Like, it's not, it's not even, it's like a whole thing that you guys created around and not just yoga, but like well-being of dentists and dental teams. We've done an event together. So I know you're doing a lot more on the dentists and, and dental team. Because either with what's going on right now or not, dentist was already stressful enough. And so you started this work, what, a year ago? Yeah, uh, about a year ago, officially. Yeah. It's been in my mind for a long awesome. time. Awesome. But um, it, yeah, that's it, making that first jump, that first leap is, is what really catapulted it. And that, that was about a year ago. And that leap for me looked like um, deciding to start a company and deciding to create uh, a yoga retreat for dentists. And that was the launch pad of this. And above all, it really. I'm eternally grateful for all of this process, everything I learned through it, because I, it taught me so much more about myself and my resilience and our resilience. It strengthened our relationship tremendously, my relationship with Danielle and I, and my relationship with others, and my relationship and my practice with, with our patients, with our staff. Um, all of it became so much stronger. Tiger, I see that you are frozen. I'm not sure if it's your connection, but since everyone's here, I'll keep going and hopefully we'll get Tiger back soon. Um, first and foremost, for everyone on, I want to acknowledge you. I want to thank you for taking time uh, for being here. And I want to know what questions do you have? Please type in any questions in the chat uh, so we can clarify anything. I think. My main goal, my main initiative here is, is to discuss how we can shift from a state of fear or confusion into a state of thriving, into a state of taking action, of giving, of value, and of creating something that might be more meaningful. How can we use this as an opportunity? You know, even though this is a very, very scary catastrophe, what are the opportunities here? What are the blessings in it? And my voice is breaking up. Okay, let's see what I can do about that. Can you guys hear me okay? Okay, thank you, Lisa. So, okay, thank you, Lisa. 
Um, so how can we use this as an opportunity to discover, to grow? I know, you know, to a certain extent, almost everyone in the Western world has wished for more time. Um, and now it can be daunting because we have so much time if we're out of work for whatever reason. Um, what do we do with it? How do we fill it up and how do we stay productive? So this is an important point right now because we're on average about two to three weeks into quarantine now. This is a very pinnacle time where we'll start to lose our energy. We'll start to feel hopeless, to feel worthless, to feel all these negative emotions. And I think the first step, the most important thing we can do right now is to first acknowledge those emotions. And let me know if you can relate to that and share how you're feeling. Um, please, in the chats, tell me what you're most afraid of or what you're concerned of. And I'd be happy to start that dialogue right here because what happens when we share our emotions, we get vulnerable, when we put it out, it becomes more objective. Rather than holding it in and repressing it on some level, we start to see the truth in it. We start to see that this is just the story. This is just something that might happen, but it might not also. And if we continue to hold it back and repress it, we're more likely to actually manifest it. So, for example, um, this whole event is, is definitely putting me in a financial concern. Um, we invested a lot of money into our new company, and I recently also made the decision to not take over my father's dental practice. So that safety net was removed from under me. So I've just been an associate, and that is where our primary income has been coming in from. Um, and now we are out of work, technically. So the fear of where is the money going to come from? It's a real thing. And on top of everything, um, getting married soon. And we are paying for our wedding. So that is... <laughs> um, welcome back, Tiger. Glad that you're back. And I love your energy. Through any obstacle, he's just so resilient. Um, just to fill you in, I was just sharing how... Um, I was just expressing my fears and talking about how it's important to acknowledge our fears and to even talk about it because then they become more objective. So I was just saying how I'm in a financial place right now where it's scary. I don't know how I'm going to pay for upcoming expenses. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And when I focus in on that or if I repress it, it starts to take over my life, to seep in and make me do desperate things. Um, and instead, when I acknowledge it, when I say, okay, well, I'm not the only one in this. And the more people I've told this and expressed this to, they're like, yeah, me too. I actually have this, this, and this. I actually have this, this, and this. And then suddenly I feel a lot of pressure ease off of me because it... it it's not so bad and it's okay to feel this way. And we're all kind of in this together on some variation. I think we can all relate to a financial burden right now. And as soon as I began acknowledging this, I started to focus in what I can do, how I can help, where I can serve. And that right away shifted my, you know, scared, um, uncertain demeanor to a little bit more open, a little bit more excited. 
and started utilizing this time to do webinars, to connect with people and to share this message and to continue keeping people's energy high, which in return is keeping my energy high. So if anybody has any fears, anything that they want to get off their chest, uh, I invite this, you know, out of love. This is a safe space where we can all grow. And I promise you, if one person shares, it's going to be a domino effect and everybody's going to start chiming in. Um, Tiger, I think your mic is off, by the way. Um, <clears throat> Thank you. And yeah, no problem. And, and that's a great place to start. I mean, this is going to be the greatest use of your time if it's personal to you, if it's directly going to impact you. I'm here to help. We're all here to help out of love. So feel free to chime in to share anything or any questions you have. Please um, type them in. Yep. And then. Yep. Well, at least if somebody, you had a, such a great point, and I love your authenticity. Um, if anybody can relate, just just say I can relate. Uh, at least yeah. let's start there. You know, just, yeah, just, I just mean, jump in the yeah, comments. For all I know, this is a bunch of great grocery store owners that are thriving right now. And exactly, right? Money, so maybe I'm speaking to the wrong crowd. It'd be, it'd and be Netflix. good to know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then oh it's similar all the awesome people are coming up vanessa lisa jamie jackie irena irwan wow irwan go elizabeth catherine oh my god just seeing all the names here this is amazing yeah okay so, so jump in guys it would be awesome to say if you can relate or not then we will know there's some questions that i wanted to ask but christian is when when you try to internalize and we all have our stuff to deal with right like the things that we're going to have to overcome the fears and things like that um you turn into serving people mm. right what's that conversation you had with yourself between those two modes like there's a fear and it's really easy to talk yourself into one or the other and that yeah. was the what was the conversation to shift the gears yeah the switch i think we we operate to a certain extent on questions our mind is always curious it's always problem seeking so if you pay close attention there's always a question an underlying question that's driving our behavior and most of the time we're either reacting based on a question like how can i get away from this how can i avoid this how can i distract myself or acting how can i do something about this how can i change this so just paying attention to what's the underlying motive what's driving um is is a great place to start and again what i how i began is the best question to ask first is to get out of ourselves, to get out of our mind, get out of, get trapped, get unboxed, so to speak, is how can I help? Paying attention, shifting our perspective to others, help, that helps us zoom out. So suddenly it's not about us, it's about we're all facing this together. So what can I do to help? And it could be something as simple as, you know, if you have an elderly neighbor, can you maybe ask them, is there something you need me to pick up from the grocery store for you? And just that simple act is going to be so fulfilling and so rewarding for ourselves that it's going to stimulate more curiosity. How else can I help? What else can I do? Here's another great thing that we've been doing. We've been leaving reviews to our favorite businesses and our favorite people. Um, 
like for Zen supplies, right? Just leave a simple review saying how that, how Zen supplies has impacted you. You know, maybe you won't get anything directly out of it, but you're going to feel a little better. And in return, you might get re reviews for yourself if that's, if you have your own business. Um, <clears throat> just taking this time, reaching out, connecting with loved ones, which I'm sure all of us are doing to some extent. And then what I really want to go into um, that really helps do that shift is stillness, is sitting with ourselves. One of my favorite quotes said by Blase Pascal is, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit with himself in a And I couldn't agree more. And we really have an opportunity here to solve so many of our problems. And it's not going to happen instantly. So I, depending on, you know, you can let me know. Let me know. Chime in if you have never meditated before or what you do to meditate or what meditation means to you. And we have a couple people chiming in, which is great. Catherine, thank you for relating. I acknowledge you. And Vanessa, thank you so much for sharing your fear. Um, let's see here. Yeah. So, our people are awesome. There will be yeah. some really good comments. Yeah. So let's let's go there before we go into meditation. So I'm just going to read this. My main fear is thinking that this will hopefully go away soon. But even then, my scare, if still talking, if, if still taking this home to is still taking this home to my kids. We try to protect our kids as much as we can, and this virus is crazy right now. And will we be okay even in a couple months? So I'm trying to stay positive and get through this. Yes, I completely agree. And that is a very legitimate fear. If you have a family, there's a huge concern in bringing this to your family even after things die down. And the reality is that we're all going to be exposed to some degree, some variation of this virus. The best thing we can do for ourselves is to strengthen our own immune system, to strengthen ourselves internally. And believe it or not, this is the ultimate driving force for that. Because when we in our, are in a state of fear and in a state of despair, we activate what's called our fight or flight response which is our sympathetic nervous system, which is the part of our reptilian brain, the, the oldest part of our brain, the first that developed, that is designed to keep us safe. So what was our biggest threat when our brains first developed were predators, lions, um, animals that would hunt and eat us. So our response is designed for that and to keep us satiated because hunger was the all, also the greatest threat. So what do we do when we're scared? We get tense, we get nervous, and we binge. <laughs> so pay attention to that. Pay attention to your behaviors. Are you feeling chronic pains in places? That's a great indicator. Are you breathing very shallow? I, like I said, I just got off with an ER doc, and he said that there's so many people going into the ER that think they have coronavirus, but really they're just scared and afraid and panicking and they stress mm -hmm. themselves out to the point where they're unable to breathe, shortness of breath. And what's crazy and scary is that they are actually contracting the virus or putting themselves in a much greater risk by even walking into the hospital. 
um, <clears throat> one important point that he mentioned, the only reason you should go to the hospital is if it's an emergency. If you are in extreme pain, if you broke a limb, you know, the traditional emergencies, or if you're feeling the most extreme version of coronavirus symptom, meaning you can barely breathe and you can barely get up. You're so tired, so short of breath that you can't even like get out of your mm -hmm. couch. Mm -hmm. That is when you should go to the hospital. Otherwise, if you can take care of yourself or someone can take care of you, isolation is the most important thing. And believe it or not, hospitals are not going to treat you unless you're in the most extreme cases and most extreme symptoms. So they're just going to send you back home. And on your way there, you potentially infected so many more people or, or got actually got infected because a lot of people are going in with regular flu and now they have the flu and coronavirus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. These are really interesting times. Like it's, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day. Like, you know, it's hard to judge somebody saying like when people panic or when people buy toilet paper and stuff like that, like I'm trying to stay away from it and not to give my two cents because like I'm empathetic. Like, you know, you don't know what you're going to do when you're yeah. super scared. Yeah. All I think we can do is, is, you know, just one of the things is just to control your own thoughts, right? Like, how do we stay positive? Like that. That's what I loved about my team when this whole thing started. We automatically started thinking, okay, what do we Man. do? How do we bring value? How do we tap into things like this, right? Like one of the things I, I learned from Tony Robbins when I was listening to the tape driving around uh, to Michigan to visit some of my favorite people um, in other places, I just listened to tape and, you know, learning like Tony Robbins, he, he's got this one thing when, when something really, really bad happens, automatically it's the questions that you ask yourself. And one of the questions I learned is what's great about it. So what's, what's, what's great about it? What's great about it? And the brain will try to find, the mind will try to find the answers to that question. Yeah. And so um, yes. that's exactly, I think what, what you were saying, referring back yeah. to, mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. How to help, how can I serve? Yes. Yeah. And Vanessa, that's, that's a perfect way for you to shift right now how can you serve your kids how can you make this time with them the most valuable time you've ever had um and if you focus just on that alone it'll start the other things will start dissipating and you'll notice that your immune system your energy your livelihood is going to be stronger and if you can stay in that headspace even when you do go back into work you're way less likely to get sick or contract it you know, the, a lot of cases now are coming out that are, a lot of deaths are, are not elderly and not a, immunocompromised people. I think that also alludes to the panic, to the stress. I think a lot of people, you know, I have no way to prove this. This is just my intuition. But I think a lot of those people that are, are severely affected, that were healthy, are just so scared. You want, when our fight or flight response is activated, it's a tremendous amount of energy. And most of us operate on this level of energy throughout the day. So it's, it's really internally focused, not externally. You know, two completely different people can have completely different reactions to the same exact event or occurrence, even on the simplest level. If one person burns their lips from a hot coffee, they can activate the same response designed to run from a predator while another person can just say, oops, this coffee is a little too hot. I should let it cool. 
Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's a practice. And right now, we have the opportunity to develop and refine that practice, and which that's what I want to get into. But first, let's see another question. I think there is a sense of disbelief. It's hard to wrap your brain around the magnitude of the situation. I think there is a fear that life will never resume normal. I'm glass half full sort of person, and I worry for those that are half empty thinkers. For some, it seems paralyzing. It's hard to move them from panic to this small steps, bite sizes. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. There are um, five stages of grief that we as humans psychologically have to ascend to accept something, to get to some place. And the first stage is shock. And then there's denial. And this is a grievance for sure, because there's so much uncertainty. At the end of this, we're all going to know someone that's affected by this on some level. And we have lost autonomy through this process. So there's a lot to grieve. Um, so it's important to just recognize it. And Lisa, the best thing you can do if you're a half full sort of person, how can you help? How can you spread this message and show through your actions that everything's okay? It's one thing to tell somebody to calm down. And it's another thing to be calm and hold space for someone who's not calm and reacting. And <clears throat> the latter is going to be much more powerful uh, a way to convey a message and it's easy it's so easy to panic right now and and i can i can feel for those people that are paralyzed and that are afraid and i think the best thing we can all do is to just recognize them just say hey i see mm -hmm. you and i feel you and it's okay it's okay to feel this way and and yeah the truth is things are not going to be back to normal think about <clears throat> best analogy is how flying changed after 9-11 you know and i think dentistry as for sure is ppe osha and things are going to be different um we're never going to look at ppe the same again um so <clears throat> accepting that is going to be important and the the faster we can all accept and and acknowledge that the faster we can adapt to it um, start to get comfortable with N95 masks because that might be the norm uh, once prices go down and they become more available. Mm -hmm. Start to instruct patients on how they can better take care of themselves now. And that's how we will retain patients because they're going to be appreciative of this value too. So, can I add my that, two cents? Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. Feel it's free to chime in anytime. And it's just a thought, and Lisa, help me out too. Just thinking about it, maybe this is the rare time. I, I'm always looking ahead. I'm always like, go, 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 go. But maybe this is a perfect time to reflect on on the past. And, you know, depending on what kind of past you, like someone had with that mentality of the glass being sort of half empty, um, just reflect on how amazing the life was or the, the experiences you had. And, you know, like all this amazing things that happen and just maybe that perspective helps yeah. to bring back a little bit and, and reflect on it and say, you know, that we, we it's, it's awesome. Like it's, we don't know how long it's going to take and, but we, we all know for sure it's going to end. So 
Yeah. When it does end, we're just going to come back to something different, and that different will become the normal, and that normal will yeah. be uh, different, happy again. So, like, I think maybe that perspective will help. Yeah, yeah. This is an opportunity to get therapy for ourselves. Um, I think a lot of people, especially in the dental industry, a lot of people who are used to doing, 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 and going, 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 we're in withdrawal right now. And that's a real thing. There are real symptoms. It, it can be a drug to be constantly going, like you're saying too, Tiger. Um, <clears throat> and not that there's anything wrong with that, but the key point, and write this down, the key point to focus on is are you seeking every interaction as a means to an end or a means within itself? Let me elaborate on that. And it's a and great question again, to ask. Yeah. With each interaction, ask yourself, am I using this as a means to another end or as a means to itself? Mm -hmm. So I guess above that, best question is, why am I doing this? Why am I acting this way? Why am I overwhelmed? Most of the time when we're overwhelmed and anxious, we are using everything as a means to another end. I'm talking to this person so I can get this. I am going to this thing so I can get this. I am going to work so I can get money. I am, you know, all of it is means to an end. I'm getting on Instagram so I can distract myself from all these fears that I have. I am binging on Netflix. I'm binge eating so that I can satiate myself so my mind can shut up for a second. Um, it's all a means to an end. And what that does is it really dilutes the human experience, our ability to take something in through our senses and to really appreciate something on the simplest level. So if I am just right here right now, just looking at Tiger and appreciating all the wonderful things that he has impacted in my life and just how grateful I am to just be able to connect with him and inspire other people, this is the means. This is the only reason. And yeah, there might be some other benefits, but let those be side effects. And if you can learn to live your life like that, then stress, overwhelm, and anxiety will dissipate. There, there's a reason for that. That's amazing. Does that make sense? So in terms so. of activities that I could recommend, Vanessa asked, um, when we feel chaotic to relieve stress, yes. Mm -hmm. As a team, First, I would recommend do these activities with yourself. And here's something I developed or something that's, it, it, I shouldn't say I developed, I was inspired to do from many other people. And morning routine is going to be the most important. And right now, I think most of us have the ability to really strengthen, clarify, or develop our morning routine. How we make decisions in the morning, our first decisions impact the next one and the next one and the next one. If we start our day rushing, then the whole day is going to most likely be rushing and playing catch up. First thing I always recommend, turn off your cell phone. If you use it as an alarm, turn, wake up and then turn it on. We all have our own cell phone ritual. If we start our day with it, and usually it's checking messages, checking the news, and checking social media. And let's examine those three things, especially in that order. We're checking our messages, catching up on everything. Usually it 
feels us, leaves us feeling like we have so much to do, so much to catch up on. So we're already overwhelmed. We're checking the news. What we most likely see is a bunch of negative events going on everywhere. So we have already a fear that we might be in threat and threatened. And then if we're checking social media under this state of mind of fear already, we're just going to pay attention to people who are doing so much more than us, supposedly, you know, judging by their projections. And so we're going to feel bad about ourselves. Now, why would you start your day with those emotions and feelings? So, you know, I'm not saying everybody does this, but I was definitely guilty. Um, so that is a good first things first. And next, hydrate, because we lose a lot of water overnight. And most of us, are, our tendency is to just pick up coffee, which can dehydrate us more. See if you can drink some water first. And then if you can, this is going to be the most groundbreaking shift if you can just sit down in whatever's comfortable for at least 10 minutes and just listen the goal is not to turn off your brain that's not possible our our thoughts our mind thinks involuntarily just like our heart beats involuntarily so that's a big misconception of meditation we think it's the act of shutting off our brain which is not possible and can be very frustrating but if we just sit and listen okay what am I feeling? What is tight in my body? How am I breathing? Can I deepen my breath? And just listen. Let the thoughts go without reacting to them. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to do Okay. It's okay. I'll do it. I'll do it later. I'll do it. Can I just listen? And then from there, what I recommend, pick up a journal and start writing. If you're still thinking of that to-do list, write it out. Write it out really fast. And then write out how you're feeling. All of this is going to start unloading. And then from there, the, because we have time now, I suggest put on your favorite song and start dancing. Just shake it all off. Get weird. Get crazy. Just one song worth. And then sit back in stillness and notice the difference. Notice how you're feeling now. Notice your emotions, especially for those glass half empty people. Be very hard to validate those pessimisms in that moment. If you do this accordingly, and it's not going to happen. It might not instantly happen. It'll take several days of practice and rehearsal to do this. But um, that is a great morning routine. And from there, exercise, movement. We all know the thing. If we all did what we knew we should, we'd all be superhuman. Mm -hmm. um, but there's always resistance to it. So I think it's important to take baby steps to acknowledge where you are. You know, if you've never had any formal morning routine before, I think just starting with your cell phone off is going to be huge. If you've never tried meditating before, maybe just sit for two minutes, sit for five minutes, but tell yourself that I'm sitting here and make it a discipline. Maybe setting a set amount of time is important too, because otherwise we'll end up sitting 30 seconds and then going, oh, wait, I forgot. I got to take care of this. I got to do this. I'll meditate later. And that's the ego. That's the mind dominating you, really. Um, and so if you want to be in control of your mind and control of your thoughts, you have to be disciplinary. You have to say, no, I'm sitting here no matter what. Unless this house is on fire, I'm not moving. Yeah. And I just uh, wanted to jump on that. One of the best investments I made is this $10 alarm clock. 
mm-hmm. that I can leave my phone in the hallway and just because a lot of people, well, it's my alarm and uh, yep. it's, it's an excuse. It's literally like, like if anybody needs an alarm, let me know. I'll, I'll send you one. Like it's, it's really the best investment. Yes. Yes. And like Michelle says, we all deserve this time. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Um, so, um, for my team, uh, let's make sure to have that as a takeaway from, uh, Christian about the morning routine, all this, the, the three steps. And so if you do get your morning under control, right? So obviously the thoughts are going to come up and you're going to pass them and appreciate them and things like that. Um, how do you, I think another question, I, I, I again, out of my own curiosity, you go into the office. And you do have the team members in a little bit elaborating on Vanessa's question, what, what to do with the team members when you get back to work. Yep. Like, how do you bring that into the office? How do you encourage everybody else in the office to take the yeah. same steps? Cause like when, when you're that much opposite, you've done your meditation, you've done your morning routine, yeah. you came in all fired up, ready to go. And then somebody's here. How do you bring yeah. them back? How do you, how do you, that's a great question. That's a great mm-hmm. question. And I developed, um, and Tiger is very familiar with this, what I call a pre-huddle yoga flow. Um, oh, that's so cool. Which is, is just a sequence of simple movements and, and techniques to get us all on the same page. But what I found is that it's very hard to get on the same page because you're absolutely right. A person might be in a completely different place who knows what's going on in their personal life and they might be carrying that with them. So the best thing that I found, the most, the strongest part of the pre-huddle yoga flow that I still use today is taking six deep breaths together. I think before starting work, if everyone can get in a circle and just take six deep breaths, you will feel such a tremendous difference. And what better way to prove that than to do it right now? So everyone, just find a long spine. You can be standing, you can be sitting, it doesn't matter. And then roll your shoulders up and down and back to open up your lungs. Let your air out. Now take a deep breath in. Fill up all the way into your belly. Open mouth, let it go. Another one. Deep breath in. Fill up belly chest all the way to your head open mouth another one even deeper belly chest all the way to your head open mouth let it go three more last two Last one. Inhale. Fill up. Fill up. Fill up. Hold at the top. Take one more sip of air in. And let it go. My brain is fuzzy. Yeah. Wim Hof would say, this is getting high on your own supply. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Get a nice little hit of calming chemicals. And what's interesting is we all think that that flight or flight, that sympathetic stimulation, that drinking coffee, that being jolted and agitated 
keeps us able to be alert and focused, but it actually does the opposite. It makes us cloudy because most blood is going to our skeletal muscles um, rather than our higher level thinking. And now we can also get blood to our digestive system. Think about all the people who have digestive issues. We can get blood flowing to our reproductive system. We can get blood flowing to our cardiovascular system in the right way. 60 breaths every day. There's a famous study in the Journal of Hypertension that showed that just 60 breaths lowers your blood pressure. Wow. Crazy. Wow. And it was done on over 20,000 hospital patients. Every single one of them after 60 breaths had lowered blood pressure. And this is great to convey to your dentist too. When you know a, an anxious patient is in the operatory or someone who's medically compromised and their blood pressure is too high, try 60 breaths and breathe for yourself. Again, your actions speak so much louder than your words. Best way to handle anxiety is to notice it in yourself. The thing is, when we're not paying attention to our energy, we take on someone else's energy. So if someone's stressed and hyper-focused and breathing shallow, we respond by, hey, hey, relax. It's going to be okay. It's fine. I got to rush. I got to go. And before you know it, we're all stressed. Yeah. So can you take deep breaths? So how many breaths did you guys take? Can you go in comments and just put a number, please? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, my, my lung span might be a little different. <laughs> so, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. We'll see if people are actually paying attention. We'll see how many breaths you said or how many breaths people Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a direct correlation. You know, I, I've noticed just from deep breathing every morning that my lung capacity is even deeper. Alyssa, thank you. I love it. Yes. Um, and there's so much. And going back to protecting ourselves from this virus, breathing deep. Deeply strengthening our lungs is going to make a big difference. One thing that ER doc told me, um, the patients that are there's he's noticed a great degree of patients now being medically intubated that uh, incubate uh, have a breather. I mean, didn't have respiratory problems before, but they had asthma. Mm -hmm. So that tells me that their their lungs were a little bit tight to begin with. And mm -hmm. he said that those were healthy people, seemingly an, an obstructive sleep apnea. He noticed a lot of that, mm -hmm. too. Um, so people who are having trouble breathing or not breathing enough are going to be affected way more significantly than somebody mm -hmm. else. So strengthening your lungs by just breathing is going to help a lot. There's a guy by the name of Wim Hof. I'm going to type it in right now. Yeah. And as you're typing this in, there's something really interesting I learned from you. And um, I don't know if, if people knew this before or not, but to me, it was really interesting how um, as human beings, I guess we're always trying to find this secret, like what's what's this healthiness and all of this. And I'm not a health expert by any means. I don't want to pretend one. To me, if, with what I know, it was mind boggling to know. And I think I learned it from you that there are two simple uh, deficits that our bodies have that can exponentially increase the health of a human being is the number of water we take, just plain water, and, um, and how we breathe during the day and how many times yep. we actually have a chance to like normally breathe. And I remember when you and I, and, and I believe it was John, right? When we went to grab a breakfast. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and we were standing outside uh, near the place when social distancing was not a thing. And then we were just standing outside. And these two guys, 
uh, Christian and John were just like standing like this, sunbathing and breathing. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you? Come on, let's go. Like, let's move. Like, I got we're energy, super right? Super weirdos. Yeah, yeah. And this. Two guys are just like standing and breathing for three to five minutes. I thought it was the, like, I don't know, a month went Eternity. by. <laughs> yeah, but then I, you know what? Then I drove home and I'm like, that makes sense. Like, I haven't done that. So I, I started practicing that a little bit more. Yeah. I want to say yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that too. And I'm glad that we were able to impact it. And that's, I mean, that's how it, I can relate to that story completely. That's how I got into this rabbit hole. One of my best friends, Brian, who now lives in Colorado, I thought he was the weirdest guy ever, but he, you know, this was right when I graduated college. So all I cared about was um, meeting beautiful women and being popular. And this guy was the weirdest guy ever, but everybody liked him. He was very popular. So I was attracted to him. And I was like, why, why is he adding, you know, back then egg whites were healthy. So he's like, why is he putting egg whites in his shakes? Why is he like, calm why is he always just like so silent and like he's just so weird and i learned so much from him um, really? from that so yeah I'm, I'm glad you're echoing that too <laughs> yeah breathing the average human uses two to six percent of their lung capacity in their lifetime two to so six as a whole two to six percent wow as a whole we're we're breathing barely enough to stay alive wow yeah, I mean, think like we only use 100% of our lung capacity when we're sprinting. And how often do people sprint, right? Oh, we got to sprint every day. New challenge. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that you have to, you know, push yourself and exert yourself to the point where you're like <gasps> hyperventilating and gasping, but breathe deeper. And Wim Hof does a great job. He has a great breathwork technique called the Wim Hof method. And that's what I listed there, which is essentially just taking these deep breaths. And you're going to feel very dizzy, very high, tingly. You're going to notice emotions come up where you're tight in your bodies. And this is a lot of stuff that we will te we'll teach in our, we teach in our retreats as well. Um, <clears throat> breathing is huge. And then, yeah, second mm -hmm. is hydrating. As a whole, we're all severely dehydrated mm -hmm. because in part by how little water we're drinking and also by what else we're consuming, because there's a lot of products that are just absorb water um, and they're they're mm -hmm. like very nutrient lacking and instead of nutrients they're just packed with things that absorb water um, a lot of processed foods a lot of things so so drinking water staying hydrated and getting good sodium in you himalayan sea salt i like to add it to my water especially in the morning um, that can help you absorb more of the water as well so those are two huge takeaways and then six deep breaths with your team. It's going to be mm -hmm. a huge game changer. I promise it. That's amazing. What, uh, let's talk about a little bit the yoga. Because um, I approached you probably, what, six months ago, seven months ago. And one of the things, I, I always wanted to try yoga, but, you know, I don't know. I, please don't judge me, everyone who's listening. I thought, I'm like, like, how am I going to go to yoga and what am I going to do? I don't, I'm not flexible. I don't know what the yoga mat is. So like, um, I didn't know what to do, but I, I really wanted to try. And then I met you and I was like, I got to reach out to Christian. And so how would people, so first of all, if you guys don't mind, can, can jump in and say, like, if you've tried, if you're doing it regularly, like, what's your, 
what's your relationship with with yoga? Like, if you guys can just put it in the comments, I would really, really appreciate it. Even for myself, it would be really helpful to see. And how did you yeah. get into and it? What and questions how would you, do you have? Yep. And how were you able to, like, how do you see, how would you recommend for people to break through this? Like, like, just yeah. do it. Cause I know talking yeah. like it's fine, but actually doing it. And, and I don't want to speak for, for you because you made it super easy for me. When I showed up at the first class, I was like, oh man, it was terrifying. You know, I love doing terrifying things. I like to suck at things, part of my language, but like, it was really so tough. Yes. So and so, so what, important what to you have that affinity. Like? Yeah. Um, okay. The, great question. So um, what can I start here? First and foremost, I, I just want to share why I love yoga so much. And it, that alludes to it. Um, there's nothing else that I've found in life that ha has such a perfect blend of exercise, pushing our bodies, of breathing, learning to really breathe deeper, of instilling calmness even though we're activating our sympathetic nervous system we're also teaching ourselves to be calm because each yoga class ends with a short meditation and winding down and stepping outside you know you leave your phone off off the mat you leave your world all out of the mat so you can focus internally so it's a beautiful moving meditation is what i call and one of the first lessons that a good teacher can instill is Nobody cares about what you look like. All that exists is you and your mat. And once we can overcome that fear, that shame of judgment, then it becomes so much easier to start paying attention to how we're breathing, paying attention to how we're feeling, and really starting to connect our mind to our body because we hold so much emotional knowledge and memory and capacities in our bodies. A great way to exemplify this, try holding your hands up as high as you can and frown. You know, it's weird. It's a weird thing because most of us have great memories associated with this. You know, yeah. winning a race, your team winning something or celebrating a concert. Um, <clears throat> so I highly recommend yoga for all these reasons because it's, it's like an all-encompassing medicine, really. Um, and I share a very similar sentiment to you. When I first, I thought it was very girly originally. You know, I, I was in boxing before I got into yoga and I was so macho. I thought I was in the greatest shape possible uh, for me. And I thought it was a joke. And uh, my fiance, who was my girlfriend at the time, Danielle, she told me that um, she's obsessed with her yoga instructor and, and she was just in dental school at the time. And she's like, she's, she's so hot, but also so knowledgeable. And I was like, all right, well, I'll come check her out, you know, <laughs> um, trying to be macho. And the first thing is I was very humbled, like, like you two, mm -hmm. very humbled without challenging was. And that really got me into it. But I was still for a long time, what I call a closet yogi. I was, I was kind of secretive about going. I didn't tell a lot of people I was doing yoga because I was afraid of especially what other men thought. Um, and slowly, I started getting more and more comfortable. I started to realize that nobody cared what I looked like in the studio. And then that started, that lesson started transcending outward. I started to realize how much I really cared about what other people thought of me which, you know, it's okay. Um, but what I realized is how much that impacted my behavior. I was doing and not doing so many things that I really wanted to 
because of fear of what other people thought. So I was really inhibiting myself to such a great degree and yoga really helped me release that. And as I got more and more comfortable on the mat, I got more and more comfortable off the mat too. And I started to really share the benefits of this practice and grow deeper into it and got, fell in love with teaching it and, and spreading these messages. So um, yeah, for anyone who's first starting out, I would recommend YouTube at first. Find an instructor mm -hmm. that you love. There are so many variations of yoga depending on what you're into. If you're into exercise, vinyasa yoga is going to be great. If you're into chilling out, relaxing, more yin-based yoga is going to be better, something more restorative. Um, and there's such a wealth of information online. I have a few YouTube videos on, on the basics that you can look up um, on our YouTube channel, the dent or Dental Yogis on YouTube. Um, <clears throat> and you can just reach out. We're still offering uh, live yoga classes on IGTV. There are so many instructors doing that now too. So mm -hmm. many, there's such a wealth of, I mean, this is another thing that we can really take advantage of in this isolation. So many people are offering um, free services. So there's so many ways to get into it. And right now, especially since we can't go into a studio, I think uh, looking online, a great app that is very, very comprehensive and all encompassing is called Yoga Glow. I can type that in. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they probably have specials right now. Um, yeah, one of the, one of the one of the things I also wanted to ask you is I was terrified of like um, you know we all have that those two friends right one is the wine connoisseur that becomes like a total snub and then there's always like there's one yoga snub right that you throw a word like Vanessa or or not Vanessa but like that vinyasa. Vinyasa. vinyasa okay yeah <laughs> and i'm like i have no idea what that means like i'm sorry like just tell me what to do so maybe this is also the perfect timing for those of you that want to get into this thing like i actually want to do that to myself is just get familiar with with a little bit of terminology while we're isolating and stuff like um just just to get to know but what would you say like what what's your take on that um yeah I would first suggest what is the discomfort within you? And I'll ask that to you directly. Are you afraid of just sounding stupid in front of the yoga snobs? Oh, no. I think I'm more like perfectionist. Like if you tell me like, do this yeah. move, I want to be like, boom, Man. done. Like the warrior too. I don't want to be okay. in the middle, you know? Well, that's, that's an important point. Um, and and that's, that's a great, I mean, you are tiger. <laughs> um, that, that is one thing that yoga really... I mean, for me, at least, it helped me examine my competitive drive and what the need for it is. And then I, what I realized is I, I still compete, but against myself. And now when I see somebody else uh, doing a pose better, instead of saying, oh, I want to learn and beat that person, I want to do it even better than them, I go, that is beautiful. It is amazing how they got their body into that. I'm going to ask them what they did for that after and be curious so that I can learn for myself. Um, <clears throat> and it really helped me deepen my practice. And another one of the, the basic teachings is, is satya, finding your truth. And meaning that learning, it, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a, a Western mindset has definitely, yoga in itself, in its essence, is just meditation. 
It's just sitting and breathing. That's what yoga has been for thousands and thousands of years. Um, it's only recent that uh, we started incorporating asana or postures and movements. And that's because we are so hyperactive in the West. And it was actually invented, what the, the, the asana was invented in the 1800s when um, the British Empire had rule over India. There was, um, it's a very interesting story. There was a, uh, the, the, uh, and I don't know if it was the king or whoever the ruler of India was in, in their palace, their kids were restless. They wouldn't sit still. They were running around and, and super ADD. And um, all the, the yoga gurus were trying to get them to sit and meditate, but they wouldn't do it. So a famous guru was noticing what the, the British army was doing, the burpees and their jumping jacks. And he just took those and slowed it down a little bit and made the kids do that until they tired themselves out. So then they can sit and meditate. And if you think about it, that is what we are on the West. Yeah, we, it we, is. We're restless, yeah. hyperactive um, children that just are constantly, go, go, go. What can I do to better myself? How can I compete? How can I be better than this person? And, um, you know, not all people, I think a lot of people are just bettering themselves to grow and strengthen, which is also so important, but as a means in itself, not as a means to an end, going back to that. Um, and so, Doing yoga helps us see, and if we can be there just for the experience, if we can close our eyes and just feel how this posture is, ironically, it's going to start looking even better than if we were staring in a mirror and trying to correct it. Because we learn to activate deep intrinsic muscles that we're unfamiliar with, and our movement becomes more fluid, and our thoughts become more fluid. And another point to this, pay attention to somebody who is rigid in their mindset was rigid in their beliefs, very, very stubborn people. How do they walk? How do they move? They're very stiff physically too. The best example of this is like a, a very bigoted racist. Pay attention to any bigoted racist who refuses to believe that someone other than their race is equal to them. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much tension and stiffness required to hold that belief and to cling on to it that naturally the body is going to reflect the mind. Mm -hmm. There's actually, um, that's one of the reasons I reached out to you is, is I, I heard the quote, I don't remember exactly how it sounds or what exact the quote was, but the meaning was, um, if you don't have a flexible body, you don't have a flexible mind. Yeah. And yeah. I felt myself stuck, right, right at work, especially at work, stuck in the same and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, why, 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 why? And I realized that I can't even, you know, touch my toes, you know, like, I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. I got to, I got to fix that. Yeah. Um, what, is there any study that's done uh, to say that, especially for dentists, uh, if there's any benefit of yoga, like with the neck problems and the spine problems and the back problems and all that? Yeah. Um, to be honest, or for dental teams. Really yeah, I've never really dug, and I really should, and I, I'm actually publishing an article that kind of alludes to this point. So if I find any official research published, I'll send it to you. But mm -hmm. I can just tell you from experience that if we get out of our chronic stress and our chronic um, sympathetic nervous system, our muscle, less blood's going to go to the muscles. We're going to be less tense. Our mind is going to be more creative, more supportive less rigid and naturally we're going to start relaxing our neck more 
when we're not hunched over. We're going to soften those muscles because chronic pains don't develop from just one stiff position. It de they develop from the reinforcement of this in combination with chronic stress, with what you're thinking and what you're, what's going through your head. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, the doing yoga. Yeah, see, there you go, Catherine. Mm -hmm. um, saying how it helps with their low back pain, mm -hmm. sciatica, which is so, so common. We hold so much tension in our hips from being overly sedentary. Yoga explores opening our hips in new ways. All movement really starts from the joints. Um, that's how our tissues develop. That's what the, the signals in our joints go up to our brain and say, hey, this is what we need. We need, we need mobility for sitting down and getting up sitting down and getting up. Mm -hmm. So everything else is going to start to destroy and atrophy because our bodies are very efficient. Um, would, unless... would we be able, just a thought, would we be able to do a live event where we're just going to do like a 30-minute yoga class? Sure. Absolutely. Is anybody going to be down for that? Like if you guys just comment and say yes or no, I'm just really curious if, if that's something would be interesting. So if uh, Christian would be grateful with the time. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. So we'll plan for it uh, coming up. And by the way, we're going to start offering CE. I don't know. Irina on my team is re working really hard to maybe yes. even have a CE for this um, course that you guys are watching. So, but next week, who knows, maybe for the 30 minute yoga class, we're going to have CE as well. Um, okay. You know, there's one quote that I learned from you that really made me reflect a lot on this is uh, the yoga mat is your mirror. Can you elaborate mm -hmm. on that? Um, it's an analogy to learning to look inward. And one of the basic yoga practices is called Svadhyaya, which is self-study, which is instead of reacting to our bodies, reacting to something that's tight, like, oh, that's tight. Uh, I need to do more of this. I need to get away from this. I can't wait to get out of here. Going, why is that tight? What's really going on there? How can I relax it? And how can I learn to be okay with this being tight and uncomfortable right now? Um, it, so when we invite curiosity, uh, we can start looking within. And so the analogy of the mirror is that when we're going through these uncomfortable situations, we can examine how we are responding to it, how we are reacting. And here's the truth. Learning to, we, we kind of all have this preconceived notion that discomfort is bad and we should avoid it. Mm -hmm. at all costs. And this is how we operate. We always seek the path of least resistance. We always seek the easiest way. And it, it's natural. It's our mind trying to keep us safe. But the truth is the wolf at the door is not struggle, it's comfort. Because when we get too comfortable, we start to get bland, dead inside, no motivation, hard to do anything different. And everything's like, yeah, I'm good. Life is okay. Life is good. You know, same old, nothing new, um, nothing wrong with that. But I want you to be aware that the source of this is from constantly avoiding discomfort. So in yoga, we have the opportunity to see how we respond to discomfort. And if we can learn to accept it and grow from discomfort, we can get more comfortable doing things that make us uncomfortable off the mat. Meaning, you know, asking for a raise, asking going to following your dreams. That's a big one. Yeah. But so many people, you know, hate their jobs. Right? Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's what it helped me to do. Like I said, I 
I'm not taking over my father's practice because I realized that I don't want to be a full-time dentist. I love dentistry and I love practicing dentistry, but I don't like the business side. So I decided that I'm going to focus on, on what I love and use that to energize myself and go see my patients and continue to serve them too. But I don't have to be the star of the show. I don't have to run it. That's a live webinar in itself or just the webinar. (laughs) I, there's so much gold there, just how you came to that realization. And we're already at an, at an hour. So, uh, Christian, it, it's so painful for me to do it. Uh, but is there any chance that questions? I know there were some posting and, and just address some of them and, and we can start wrapping up because I will be respectful yeah. to people's time as well. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for everyone. Okay. For being, Which one are we going to grab? And being engaged. Do we have questions? Let's turning down the lights, turning on my diffuser. Okay. okay. Having that time to I got, here's a what question. an amazing here's comment. A great question. Yeah. Here's a great question. How do we get our husbands to do yoga with us? Um, The best advice I can give for this is to give them 100% autonomy. Let, in any relationship, the more we can trust that they know what's best for themselves, the more we're going to show up in a way that is loving and curious like i wonder why this person does this rather than oh why are they doing this again they're such an idiot you know and it's it's just natural and especially when we live with someone just like your mat is your mirror so is your spouse um and anytime i'm reacting to something danielle's doing my first question all right what i try to do i'm not perfect by any means what i try to do is first reflect on myself okay what is she doing what am I doing in myself that um, is making me reactive to this? What is something I can do better? And how can I be curious? And, and it's helped me learn and explore so much more. So the more curious you can get about that person, they naturally will start getting more curious about you. And it's so much more powerful if your husband asks, like, do you mind if I try this one day? Or just like, why do you do this? Why are you doing yoga? What does it do for you? If they ask that question, they're already engaged and they're going to willingly follow the the next step to get into it versus you have to try this with me now. Um, Yeah, you might get them to try it, but they're going to do it from a like a means to an end. And the end is to get you to shut up and leave them alone so they could do their own thing. So they're not going to listen to anything else. And then they might not get the benefit of the yoga. But if they come from a place of curiosity, like even for me, the curiosity was seeing the hot teacher that Danielle was talking about. That's mm-hmm. what got me into yoga. And if it wasn't for that blessing, I might have never done yoga. We even got Irwan to start typing. I can't <laughs> wait to see what Irwan is going to say about this. He's amazing. He's one of the awesome doctors. That's so cool. Um, any departing questions for um, yes. Christian? So. Dr. Pavel, anybody has any questions? Because uh, you have a ton of knowledge. Besides that, you have such a big heart, man. Like every time I think about it, 
how much you're giving back and how much you're trying to help everybody. I really hope we continue work together on um, uh, continue working together on events. Like how do we bring team members? I'm always going to try to speak for team members for yoga events so that they can go back and help their doctors and say, look, maybe you need to relax a little yeah. bit. Maybe we all need to breathe. Maybe we all need to do a little bit of yoga. So I think that would yeah. be amazing. And any, anybody no who's interested to join your class, I'll, I mean, first of all, we're going to do life. Like we're going to schedule that. But then yeah, if anybody has happened to be in Chicago, um, I'll be happy to send them, yeah. recommend them to go to your class. Uh, yeah. But any other departing thoughts? Um, I just want to plant a seed that like one thing that I think we're doing that's going to be a game changer is we're, we're hosting a, a yoga and dental aid retreat in the Dominican Republic in February. Assuming everything starts going back to normal. Um, and I think this is going to be a huge thing. And what made me think of it is that actually one of the people that signed up and registered, she's actually a dental assistant. And she said, you know what? Um, so many dentists have promised that they take me on a mission trip and never followed through with it. So I'm just going to take myself. Wow. And I thought that was amazing and huge. And the, the mission behind this is, is to give to ourselves and give to others simultaneously. And it's going to be a huge growth conduit and platform. So I'd be happy to share more about that once things settle in. Yes. But uh, that, yeah. that, that just got me thinking. But parting. I want to thank you guys so much for uh, listening and go, go give to yourself. Use this as an opportunity to thank yourself, thank your body, and really that will strengthen your immune system and open your mind to how you can best serve those around you, which is going to be an enjoyable way to get through this. Mm -hmm. Wow, man. So much love. I yeah. appreciate you so much. And thank you all who jumped in. It, it's, um, Christian, you know, it's so much easier to do a webinar or anything like that, a live event, when, the, when people communicating back and forth. Look at this chat. I mean, it's on fire. I love everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing the fears. And that was a great conduit. Thank you for being open and authentic. And now go spread that love virtually. Yep. <laughs> thank you. Till, till the next thank live event. Yes. Yeah. We'll discuss on the back end and we'll figure out a time for that yoga. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tiger, for having me. Appreciate you all. Namaste. Namaste.